So this is the week of prayer. How many are anticipating God Almighty speaking to you? It's a few of you. Some of you aren't sure, and some of you are hoping, I'm sure. The week of prayer is, I don't know, they had, it's been a long time here at Elam, years and years and years. When I was here, beyond that. Men and women uh, get confirmation of what it is that God has already spoken to them. Um, other young men and women thought they knew what God wanted them to do, and God kind of changes their direction. Others who aren't sure at all what you're supposed to do often will get a directive from the Holy Spirit, and he'll deposit something in your heart, something he has anointed you to do. This is a holy time, this week of prayer. I believe God is going to minister to you. He's going to engage with you. You're going to engage with him perhaps in a way that you have yet to do. This is a very intimate time. Did you write that song, Brother Dick? Um, this is a time I believe that God is going to viscerally enter into you and just speak to you in ways you never thought was possible. There's going to be prophetic messages. God is going to speak to some of you prophetically. And you'll weigh that. As you'll see, all prophecy should be weighed against the Word of God. But it's going to be exciting. This is a major day, major week of what the rest of your life is going to be like. God spoke to me in a week of prayer. I kind of felt like I kind of knew what he wanted me to do, but he confirmed it in a week of prayer. Those are the days, and you'll see it here too. Uh, some of us remember, where's our brother, where's brother, brother uh, Guy? Oh, where's Guy at? I was going to say something about it, but he's not here. He evaporated, which would be kind of hard. Um, For the rest of your life, he's going to define it. And so these are are amazing times. We would, uh, often there wasn't any chairs around it. They'd move the chairs back. It was nothing but a sea of young men and women on their faces praying. And there was a leadership that were up here. The stage was completely different at the time. I believe that which is black back there was very nice red brick at one time, wasn't it? Yeah. And it was red brick. It was very beautiful. Leadership was back there. And leadership would come down and minister to the young men and women. And uh, there were times they were, it was just in, they were just travailing in God. And other times you'd hear this. After about, oh, 45 minutes or so, you'd hear in the corner, possibly over here, here, maybe over there, something like, mm-hmm. <laughs> when, you did, when they do that, I, this one guy would go, but yeah, he was, yeah, this guy was, he, he, was, a, he was a healthy young man, okay, and uh, he would go, when he do that something, thank you, Lord. Yes, Amen. Yes, yes, yes. Lord. I receive that, Lord. Thank you for that air that I can still breathe and live. That's wonderful, you know. But it is a defining time. 
It's, it's a monumental time in your life. You can expect from God. You can ex- I want you to expect from God. I want you to ask the Lord, say, Lord, speak to me this week in a way that I can understand it, in a way that I can perceive it, in a way that it, it, it makes sense to me because God speaks to different young men and women in different ways because it's so custom. He is so custom to who you are because he made you. So you can expect it. Many men and women, young men and women, who have gone on to do miraculous things and wonderful and, um, and, ex- and uh, fantastic things for God. Missions, pastoring, youth pastoring, worship, business, uh, medical field, uh, the arts, have received the word during their work, week, uh, week of prayer. So it's going to be a wonderful time. I'm looking forward to it, looking forward to seeing what God has for you. I want you to be expecting as well. Well, hallelujah. How many have ever heard of the name Jack Hayford? Just raise him high for a minute if you could. It's okay if you haven't. You're still going to heaven. It's all right. How many have heard of Jack Hayford? Okay. Jack Hayford uh, was a fantastically powerful man of God. He was pastor, founder of the Church on the Way in Van Nuys, California. They called him the pastor to the stars, actually, because there was a lot of movie stars that would go to his church. Man of God, towering figure in the charismatic movement. Died yesterday. I think he was 87. He died yesterday. Those of us and those millions of other people uh, some years ago, remember Jack Hayford is one of the most influential brothers of Christ in the charismatic movement that ever was. Fantastic man of God. He went home to be with the Lord yesterday. And I was thinking, um, when I heard about it, I posted it. And then I thought, oh, what a loss, what a loss, what a loss. I heard him here twice. Uh, he's a friend of Elam. He's been a friend of Elam's for years. What a loss, God. But then I thought, That's so selfish of me to say that because it is what he has been wanting since the very day he gave his heart to Christ. Our reward is heaven. If this is our reward the way it is, I am going to be the most oppressed out of any human being on the face of the earth. But heaven is our home where there is no tears and there is no sickness. We, I believe, are able to connect with those, our loved ones who have also known him. But he went to be with heaven. Our ultimate journey, which is this is what it's about. We tell people about Jesus. Why? Why? Because we want them to come to know Christ so that he can forgive them of their sins and set them free. They might walk in a way that is different than the way of this world and that they might possess heaven as their home. That's the ultimate goal for each and every one of us. So uh, Pastor Jack Hayford went to be with the Lord yesterday. Great man of God. And uh, uh, he'll be missed in that his teachings. You ever, how many ever heard the song Majesty? Majesty, oh, worship his majesty. Most have not heard this song. Oh, how sad. Oh, it goes to show you just how old we are. Da, da, da. 
Today I want you to Google, sometime today, Majesty. Jack Hayford wrote that song. It was great in worship. He, uh, he was able to do two things more, I believe, than any man and woman at all in the charismatic movement, any teacher I've ever heard, ever. He was able to bring out the beauty and the glory and the connection of worship in a human being and with them and God and his ministry of the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I have never heard anything like it in my life. It's still used to this day, both of those. And uh, Google it, Majesty by Jack Hayford. You'll be blessed. Get yourself in a corner somewhere because you're going to break out in worship, all right? Agree with me if you would. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for this time we have. Here we are the second semester, and we're looking for you to do good things, redemptive things, uh, things in our lives, in our mind, in our heart, in our soul, in our spirits that we cannot do for ourselves. So we ask, Father God, that you would send the Holy Spirit into this week, that you might meet us in a particular way that will absolutely revolutionize our lives in an elaborate, heavenly way, we pray. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen to it and amen. I want to talk with you, if I could, please, for a couple of moments. I'm going, to, I'm going to ask Dick, Brother Dick to, if he could come up at the end and we'll sing one more song. Uh, I want to talk with you today. I'm going to kind of set the tone. I'm speaking today. I'm speaking at the very end. I believe it's Friday night. We have uh, uh, Alex uh, Sadler, who's going to be here this evening, and then uh, our brother David Ham, who's going to be with us for a few days. And we have some other speakers. So you're going to get chock full of some of the greatest speakers, uh, not me, but some of the greatest speakers that you've uh, ever heard that can bring, I believe, the life of Christ in a way that will illuminate your heart and your mind. I want to talk with you today about hearing the voice of God and being led by the Spirit of God. How many find it very easy with not a problem in the world, it, you can just immediately know you hear from God 24-7? Me too. So, let me talk with you about it a little bit. Every single believer in Christ has probably wondered one time or another in their lives, uh, how is it that I hear from God? How is it that I sense the Holy Spirit leading me into a particular place? Is this God or is it me? Is it the thing that I want or is it, is it the Holy Spirit uh, speaking to me and sending me or, or, or preparing me for something that, uh, that I'm confident uh, He's doing? But then again, I'm not sure, Lord. I think so. Maybe it's me. I think I no, maybe I want it too much. Because I want it too much, that must not be God. Because I don't want it at all, maybe that's God. But to be honest, that's a question that has been asked throughout all of the ages. What is it that you have for me, God? What is it that you have? Because all of us, every single one of us, would like to know what is in store for my life. You're young men and women, you haven't really begun life yet, you're getting prepared to do it. A few of you are married, uh, maybe married for a year, you've begun some of that, uh, but still you don't know. Wait till you have kids, then you'll begin to know a little bit. Um, but you're just beginning, so you're wondering, God, I need to do it now, I need to know it now. 
Oh, well, he doesn't always tell us in the now immediately, but he will tell you. He will speak it to you. He will make it known to you. And that I promise. Um, so what's your will for my life? How is it that I discern your voice? Uh, amongst all of the other voices that are making play for my mind, and there are a lot of other voices, how is it that you're going to direct my life? Well, a couple things. Let me just share with you two guys, two biblical characters. One is Samuel. As a matter of fact, it was interesting that you were, you were singing about him. That was pretty, he said a couple things that I'm going to use here. Um, Samuel, Samuel heard the voice of God, but he did not recognize it. He was hearing from God, but he didn't know it. He had to go to Eli. He said, Eli, what is it that you want? I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want anything. What are you in my, what are you in my room for? Uh, well, just turn her over there. No, actually, I think they were, they were together. He said, uh, he said, just turn over and go to sleep. I didn't call you. Oh, boom. Again, he hears the voice. He goes to Eli. Yes, what is it? What is it, my master? What is you want? I didn't say nothing to you. you. I don't know. Did you eat too much? You're hallucinating there a little bit. Maybe you got a little gas. I don't know what it is. Just roll over. You know, I'm tired here. The third time, he heard it, and Eli understood it must be God that's speaking to him because, because Samuel wasn't really trained in the Lord at the time. And then Eli said, listen, the next time he says something to you, say, here I am, Lord. Your servant listens. I want you to pay special note to the word listening. He didn't just say, your servant is hearing. He said, your servant listens. There's a big difference between hearing and listening. So he heard the voice of God, but he didn't know it. Until Eli had to tell him that it's God. And then there's Gideon. Well, Gideon had a physical manifestation of God through the form of an angel. <laughs> and, uh, and Gideon still doubted, even with the angel, was, a, was in front of him. He, he, he doubted and he wanted a sign. Not only did he want a sign, he asked the Lord three times for a sign. I, I don't think I'd have enough courage to do that. Yeah, just well, just you know, I, I see I see Gideon a little bit as a melancholy. Well, I'm not sure. This thing doesn't make sense to me. Uh, you know, um, I need a sign from you. If I'm going to do this, I need a sign. Okay, that's good. And the fleece and the, do and I, okay. I need another sign just to make sure. And I'm not even sure he was sure at the third time. But the fact is, he was hearing from God, and it didn't sound right. You're going to whittle me down all these thousands. I think it was 30,000 to 300. What would you think? We got the enemy that's over there. It's way, 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 way bigger than 300. You want me to go to war with those guys for, with only 300 dog-lapping people? But he did, which should say to us, God can do much with little. Never forget that. God will do a tremendous amount with a little bit. Matter of fact, he often does that just so he knows that you're not in it, and he is. So, there's a couple examples. Psalms chapter 13 and verses 1 through 2 says this. He says, How, this is David, by the way, because 
<coughs> David fell into a dead spot in his life as well. And he says, how long, Lord? Question mark. Will you uh, forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts day after day? Have sorrow in my heart. He was just a dead spot. You're going to get those times with God. You're going to get dead spots with God. Where, where is he? The heavens are abreast. Nothing's happened. I can't hear from him. I used to hear from him, and now I'm not hearing from him. I can hear him what I'm saying, what I'm praying, what I'm playing. But now I just kind of, God will allow that in your life at times, just to see if you still have the faith to believe him, even in the midst of nothingness, trusting and believing that he's here. So uh, how do I know that I'm hearing from God is really the age-old question that all of us ask. How, how is it that I know that he's speaking to me? God's going to do that this week. You're going to hear from God. And some of you are going to have questions as to whether that's God or not. Did I hear from God? Did I not hear from God? I need a confirmation. I need two confirmations. I need a little confirmation, a little cash on the side. And a little cash on the side. Maybe somebody can give me a free car. And then they can do, you know, give me a bunch of, give me a bunch, maybe a whole new suit of clothes. Something, Lord. That's confirmation. Somebody pay all my tuition. Well, let me tell you the advantage that we have. First of all, we have something that Gideon and Samuel and David did not have at all. What we have is the complete Bible. We have the complete Word of God. The Word of God that makes us ready to be able to hear and follow through. And the Word of God to read every single day of our lives. The Word of God. To read it and to study it and to meditate on it and to have it uh, take form in our bodies and our minds and our psyches. You have the Word of God. There are people on this planet right now in the, in the Middle East and, and, and Indonesia and other places that do not have a Bible. They only hear the Bible and when they, whatever they grasp, they try to put to memory. We have, how many Bibles do we have? You have the Word of Almighty God. Completed. They did not. They were kind of writing it, okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness, so that the man of God, the woman of God, may be thoroughly equipped with every single good work. Whatever you need, God's going to provide for you in the Word of God. Now, it's not always that simple. You're going to read it sometimes, and you're going to go, I, I don't quite understand it. Just keep reading it. The Holy Spirit is the one that makes the Word of God alive to us. And so, He wants to equip you. Have I ever had questions? Sure I have. Have I always uh, heard from God, and it was right, and I was right on? No. A lot of times I've made mistakes. Matter of fact, I may have made more mistakes than, than not. But I never gave up, nor should you. He's going to equip you in just what you need. You have gifts that you don't even know about. You think just the few gifts that you have, perhaps, are the things that God is going to use. And no doubt he will. But you have hidden gifts that God wants to bring out that you haven't even thought of yet. They're still dormant in you. And he wants to bring them out. And you have to want them. Because there's a big world out there. And it's dangerous. You may not know it, but it's getting more dangerous by the day. And specifically, Christians are becoming not liked more than any other time 
in this country's history. If you are a born-again believer in Christ, you believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you believe that Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, the only way, and you begin to preach that and come out against uh, issues that are not godly, and you're beginning to preach the gospel to people, there are people who do not, do not like you, and they will do everything they can to shut you up. I don't remember that in my lifetime. This is a challenge. But he's going to equip you. You're going to have everything you need to meet the challenge. Everything. The Bible tells us how to hear from God. Hebrews chapter 1 verses 1 through 2, it says this. This is how we hear from God. Long ago and many times and in many ways, God spoke through our fathers by the prophet. God spoke through prophets and that's how people heard in the Old Testament. There wasn't any of this stuff that we're doing now. They would hear from the prophets. And that's how they got their news, their God news. But in these last days, and you're in them right now. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also he created the entire world. That's a lot in that scripture. Created the world. The last days. He's the heir of all things. That's how we hear today. The word of God. You have to begin. This, and I know you, t- you guys are going through so many things here at, at college, at Bible college. And it's, you know, theology and Greek and Hebrew and, you know, everything that you do. Preaching. There's all kinds of classes. But you have to independently read the word of God because the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you there as well. Very, very important. Because before the incarnation, that is God coming in the flesh, Jesus the baby, Um, the redemption of all man, God in the flesh, the incarnation. Before that, God spoke through prophets. He spoke spoke through prophets like Moses and Isaiah, uh, uh, Samuel, Ezekiel, Job, Malachi, Jeremiah. He spoke to prophets through them to people. They relayed messages to the people so that they could understand the promises of God for their life. They relayed messages so they would understand the law. And and even though we don't live by the law per se, there are are aspects of the law that are very healthy for us. And also the redemptive plan that God has for your life. And he does have a redemptive plan. A redemptive plan for mankind, and he has a redemptive plan for you. That's how we hear. Prophets relayed that message to the people. The average person in the Old Testament didn't hear from God directly. They heard through prophets. You have a big advantage. You can hear through prophets, and then you also have the word of God. Some prophets are so right on, so amazing. Some men and women, they're just, I've been around them. You just, you're frozen. You just go, that's so amazing. That's so right. That's so true. Telling you things about your life that you didn't even know. Oh, God, I can't believe it. Then there are other prophets that are out of their mind. They're a legend in their own mind, and the only way you can really judge what they're saying is by the Word of God. And that's important for you to know. But when the birth of Jesus came, all that stopped. Who was Bible college students, the last prophet of the Old Testament? (laughs) 
The last prophet of the Old Testament was John the Baptist. Right. There you go. Give that man a nice shiny nickel. John the Baptist was the last prophet in all of the Old Testament. Um, Through the ministry of Jesus, God now speaks to each and every one of us directly. You can hear from him. You can hear from the Holy Spirit via the word of God. And the inspiration and also the direction of the Holy Spirit, that's very, very vital. The Holy Spirit just moves upon us. And I'm going to share with you just a couple things because some of you might say, it's hard for me to hear the Holy Spirit. Some people who just, some people just have a hard time. Some people find it difficult to put periods at the end of the sentence. It's done. I hear. Other people just have commas or run-on sentences. I don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Let me talk to somebody else. That was helpful. Let me talk to somebody else. Oh, that wasn't helpful at all. And I went, just, and I went back to the Word of God. I'm not sure. And, and, it, and it's something that actually is going on in you. It's the enemy also trying his best to try to covert what God wants to do in your life, but it's something really that's going on within you. We also learn um, and we're directed by the teachings of Jesus and his example. Let me just give you one just quick example. Uh, it's in uh, Matthew chapter 5. I didn't put it up there because I'm going to sh- just kind of go through it very quickly. These are examples, if you were, <clears throat> of um, how the words of Jesus direct each and every one of us. The Sermon on the Mountain, chapter 5. God, Jesus goes through all of the Beatitudes. We're not going to go through those, but he goes through each and every one of those Beatitudes, which are applicable to us today. He tells us that you're the salt of the earth and you're also the light of the world. You are. You right here, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He talks about God's law and how we're supposed to obey that. He talks about, actually talks about murder in chapter 5. He talks about adultery in chapter 5 of Matthew. He talks about money. He talks about worrying. He talks about loving your enemies. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Loving your enemies. And he also gives us the Lord's Prayer. All of that in chapter 5 of the Sermon on the Mount. And he also talks about his pronouncements, something we carry with us and we tell people all about, that Jesus is the bread of life and that he is the true vine and that he is the good shepherd. These are bodacious statements that a human being is making. But yet he's saying, this is who I am. This is the reality. This is the truth. These are the things that will set not only you but other people free. It's what we do. Jesus' words are full of two very, very important ingredients if you're going to make this wonderful cake for your life. Two things. Spirit and life. Spirit and life. Never forget them. Spirit and life. John chapter 6 verse 63 says this. The spirit gives life. The flesh has nothing to give you at all. Nothing. Nothing. You have nothing in your flesh. It profits absolutely nothing. And how many of us know that we're messed up people? Huh? Anybody not messed up here? Pray for me. Pray for me. We all make, we all have problems. The great friend that is to the left of you and the right of you is messed up. Even though they're nice, oh, I'm sorry, man, I made you that. 
you're wonderful, you're nice looking, you're kind, you're caring, and all those things. But because you have a human condition, Michael, you're what? You're messed up. Where's your wife at? <laughs> Shania, is he a... <laughs> He's a good kid. Young man, excuse me. Everybody's a kid to me. My, my gosh. Everybody looks like they're toddlers in comparison to how old I am. But they are spirit and they are life. Spirit meaning, this is what he's talking about here. Spirit meaning they are spirit. They are divine. They are divine from God. They are God breathed. This word. Uh, Spirit is powerful and it is influential. I, I think I have time for a story. You remember me talking to you about a guy named, uh, a, a leader here, one of, the, one of the great leaders called Costader. Remember that I showed you up here? He was opening with worship and all. I'll tell you a very, very quick story. Uh, a friend of ours, Nick Walsh, who's going to be home with the Lord, he was traveling with him in some Indonesian place. I don't know. Costa would go into the places where angels always feared to tread. I would have never gone with him. He'd scare me. Nick went with him. He was with him a month, and he lost 30 pounds. It was intense. He went to this place, I'll make, make it really short, and he went to this Indonesian place, and there's this guy that, and Costa said, we're going to go get something to eat, and there was a little uh, a guy here, uh, and he had to go through the guy to get to the, the where he wanted to, to eat, and, and he said, Costa said, because he had that handlebar mustache, and he had one eye that was dead, and the other one would move, and this one stayed where it was. He said, hey, tell you what I want. Uh, I want to go down there in the corner where there's no air conditioning. And that table right there, I've been here before. I went to that table. And the guy said to him, and his own, uh, I think Costa spoke, I don't know how many languages, right? Brother, Brother Ramon, he spoke a lot of languages. And the guy said, I'm, basically, I'm sorry, you can't have that. That's going to be that's reserved for somebody else. Well, Costa didn't take those kind of things well. Costa said, this is Nick telling the story. And he, and he says, a sleazy little place, like the kind of place that somebody come out and knife you. You know, it's one of those places. And he said, it's like, in the, he's in this place of the world. He said, it's kind of weird. And he said, uh, Costa said, he started curling his mustache up. Mm. I tell you one more time. I want that to see that there? Like, yeah. I want the, he didn't like air conditioning. I don't want the air conditioner. Turn that thing off. I want the table right back there in the corner. I want that uh, in Jesus' name. And the guy said, <laughs> and the guy said, well, I, I can't give it to you. Basically, in his own language, I can't. It's going to be somebody else's at some point. And what time is it going to be? Well, maybe it's some time from now. He said, and then Nick was really getting scared. He said, Costa just looked at him and went. I want this table right back there. No air conditioner. I want it right now. Well, Nick thought, this is it. This is where I die. This is where I go to heaven. This is the end of my life. I now will die. At least I'll die with the Apostle Costa Dare. This will be a wonderful time because I am a dead man. And the, he said the guy looked at Costa and just went, picked up a couple menus and said, come with me. <laughs> and, took him, and took him right back. Well, um, <laughs> influential. Influential. It was an amazing man. I got four or five of those Costa stories. 
Influence the Holy Spirit when you're in doing what you're doing, wherever God's going to lead you, you will be an influential person because that's part of what life is given. That's what Christ is saying to you. Spirit, and then there's life. Here it means something genuine, it means something very essential, something God active, something blessed with God vitality. Vitality is like you just talk about nine B12s. I've got vitality to just kind of do whatever I need to do. The genuine, divine, God-breathed, active thing, spirit. And he's trying to tell us. He said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they're alive. So no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's going on, no matter what you're going to be doing for God, Jesus has your back. And you have the power of God. And when you ask him for these things, he's going to give them to you. You don't know the miraculous power that God has for you. And this week, what he's going to endow you with, prophets have come out of a week of prayer. Some of the most powerful men and women of God that Elam has ever taught came from this week of prayer. So the first, first place we go to hear the voice of God is the word of God. So if you're a child of God, you hear the voice of God. Brother Dick mentioned it or sang it. John chapter 10, verse 27, my sheep hear my voice, right? Hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. But NIV says, my sheep listen to my voice. I can hear you, but I may not be listening to you. I can hear what you're saying, but in my head I might be going, oh man, I'm so hungry. I wish I could get out of here. I need to get something to eat while I'm smiling at you. Hey, how you doing, Dr. Fred? Pretty good. How about yourself? I can see that meal right now. I wish you'd kind of hush up a little bit. You know, I'm not listening. And so listening and hearing are two completely different things. My sheep listen to my voice. And Brother Dick was trying to get us to do that. Shh, just be quiet. Wait and listen to the voice of God. The, uh, the word of God is also inspired by the Holy Spirit. Look, I want to bring this to a close now. Second Peter chapter 1. Pardon me, second, yeah, second Peter 1, verse 20, it says this. Above all, what does that mean? What does above all mean? That means top, it's top drawer stuff, right? Above everything else, he says, listen to me. Above everything else, you've got to listen to what I'm saying. You must realize that no prophecy of Scripture, in Scripture, ever came from the prophet's own understanding. So if it's a true prophecy, it's not coming from just what they know. He said, it's not even because flesh profits nothing or from some human initiative or some human uh, capability. No, he says, those prophets were moved by the Holy Spirit and they spoke from God. This is New Testament now. Some of you men and women, and you may be sitting next to one right now. You may be sitting next to a prophet or a prophetess. She might say to you, thus saith the Lord, give me large amounts of money. Open the door for me, thus saith the Lord. Bring me a bunch of roses. Maybe sitting next to a, to a prophetess. Might be a prophetess. You know, yeah, I know you're uncomfortable right now, but hold on. I'm not going to ask you. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to say anything. 
there's an anointing. I almost feel like prophesying now. But I'm going to say something to you a little later. But God has something in store for you, something very miraculous, something that you would have thought, ain't no way. you got to be kidding, Dr. Ray. Something's wrong with you. God says, but you could be a prophetess. You don't say much, but when you say it, you've thought about it a while. It resonates inside of you. And sometimes you doubt it. Because you think, well, I, I don't, my other kind of hide behind it. No, 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 no. You're a powerhouse for God. God's just soaking in you, resonating in you. And the things that it, and some of the things that you say, here I am doing it anyway. And the things that you say, you might say, um, well, I'm not sure about that, or you know, I'm, I'm not sure that that. But if you just hear from, and you hear from God, you hear from it. You're very. You need to hear this. You are very, very significant. In the kingdom of God. You don't think so. You are amazingly significant. And you're going to find out just how significant you are. It's going to be a rush. She's liable to lay hands on people. And you go right out in the spirit. Hmm. So you might be sitting next to a, a prophetess or a prophet. Robert, you may be a prophet. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, not me. I'm no prophet, no. You're a trumpet playing prophet. Only I haven't heard you play the trumpet yet. I've asked you a couple times, but I haven't really seen the trumpet. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be satisfied if you just get the mouthpiece. It's fine. You may be sitting next to a, a, a pastor or a missionary or a, some business person that's going to make a lot of money for the kingdom of God and, and, and sow into the kingdom of God. Oh, it might be maybe a politician. I didn't mean to curse there, but maybe a politician. <clears throat> Somebody that can bring real life into a death situation. You young men are amazing. I hope I live long enough to hear some of what God is going to be doing in your life. And it's not always going to be peaches and cream. You'll get discouraged. That's part of the deal. That's part of the deal. You're going to sometimes feel like the heavens are a brass. What's going on? God's with you. You'll find out. So first we go to the, the word of God. I'm going to share four very quick things. I'm going to end it here. And these will not be long, so you don't have to worry about uh, the length. He's always going through four things, and that means we're not going to get out there until 1 o'clock. That's not so. Uh, number one, uh, how do we detect the leading of the Holy Spirit? Number one, you can write these down. I'll give you the PowerPoint if you care to. Number one, be aware. Be aware. Be aware. It's difficult to hear from the Holy Spirit if you're not reading the Word of God. You have to be aware of the Word of God. Not just what you learn here at the Bible college. Most of what you're going to get, I mean, Bible college is great, for, it's, a, it's a good foundation. Most of what you're going to get is going to come from life and hearing from the Holy Spirit. So it's difficult to hear the Holy Spirit if you do not know the Word of God. So if you're not reading the Word of God, you need to begin to do that. The leading of the Holy Spirit will never, never contradict the Word of God. Ever. So if somebody tells you something and it's just contrary to the word of God, don't believe them. It's not that difficult. Just say, I'm sorry, man. You got to go back and get, a, get an update because uh, it's not, uh, it, it doesn't seem to be God. 
The leading of the Holy Spirit will never contradict the word of God. Like, like, uh, like somebody says, eh, they used to do it. I hope they don't do it anymore. They used to come up and prophesy over people, a guy and a gal. Thus saith the Lord, he is made for you. You're to marry him and have nine kids. Yeah, you're supposed to live on the mission field and just, and just eat dirt and leaves your whole life. It's okay. And, you know, uh, monkey meat and all those things. This is just, she's for you and you're for her. Well, I know a few people that that happened to. And... Um, some prophets said it. The th- two I'm thinking about, neither of those marriages even lasted. That isn't how God does it. Now, if that's a confirmation, you go, oh, that's wonderful because we have fallen in love with one another prior to that. And we are, we've, been, we've been, you know, walking that way. And I mean, if it's a confirmation to both of you, that's one thing. Because uh, the, one, the one woman said, I don't even love him. But it must be God. Because if I don't, I don't want to be disobedient to God. That's wrong. Don't do that crazy stuff. I mean, don't, I mean, get married. That's not a crazy thing, but if you feel to do it. But don't do it because somebody just said, thus saith the Lord is supposed to marry this guy, you know, or marry this girl, you know. So, um, or, or thus saith the Lord, it's okay for you to talk about some things because those things are important. Other people need to know them. When really it's gossip. And gossip is not, if it's not a sin, I don't know that it's a sin necessarily, but it's not a good thing. Some people just gossip. I heard from somebody that something and, and uh, well, thus saith the Lord, spread that around because, you know, they, people need to know that this person is a, you know, whatever. It's just, leave it alone. God will take care of all that kind of stuff. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and it's active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It will penetrate even to the dividing of soul and spirit joints and narrow. marrow. It judges the thoughts and the in- attitudes or intentions of the heart. So you have to be aware. God will sift what is you from what is him. Number two, you got to be listening. <laughs> you got to be listening. You do not know if you don't listen. The voice of the Holy Spirit is not aggressive. The voice of the Holy Spirit is not harsh. It's gentle and it's calm and it's quiet and it's leading. You've got to listen in order to hear from God. And if you're not listening, you're not receiving. You're not getting the full scope. We're connected to the Lord through the Holy Spirit which gives us tremendously wonderful and sweet communion with him. That's what the Holy Spirit does to us. We interact with God through the Holy Spirit. Don't look uh, for a clear leading of the Holy Spirit if you're an angry person. Don't look for a clear leading of the Holy Spirit if you're holding bitterness in your heart. Don't look for a clear leading of the Holy Spirit if you're agitated. Because it, it's now and now it's all disrupted. You've got to get rid of that stuff before you hear from the Holy Spirit. I don't like him anyway. He's probably going, I don't know. The Lord says you're not, you're, you're nothing to you. You know, you just need to go saved again and go back to your place. Uh, you, you know, you need to really get some, get your stuff right together. That's what God says to you. When in your heart you're going, I don't like him anyway, so that prophecy was easy. No, that's ridiculous. Most people like to talk. They do not like to listen. Most people like to be heard. They do not like to receive. And that's just a fact. It's unfortunate. You need, if, you, if that's you... And somebody says you talk too much, and it's confirmed by two or three witnesses, you got to believe them. <laughs> if you talk too much, maybe it's a genetic thing. Maybe your mom does, your dad does, Aunt Lucy does, maybe Uncle Tom does. I don't know. But if you talk too much, you talk too much. 
And don't be offended by it. You know, I, I've, I've been in counseling sessions where I've been counseling people literally. Now, they're paying me for this. They're talking, and I'm talking, and I'm going, you know, and the only thing I keep thinking, I'm trying to calm them down, it's just, it's overbearing sometimes. But I'm just keep thinking, I'm getting paid for this. I'm getting paid for this. I wish they would stop. And they talk so much, and I would stop them, and I'd say, look, 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 look. I remember this one lady, look, 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 you know why he's sitting over there, and he's saying nothing for the last 45 minutes? Because you've talked for 45 minutes, and this is now the fifth session, and you have an obsessive issue. You can't stop talking. And she, I said, see, you just did it again. Could you stop for a moment and listen? Is that difficult? What do you got And she was kept talking, and she said, as she's talking, she goes, I don't know why. I just can't stop. I can't stop. I can't stop. I just can't stop. Well, she had an obsessive compulsive issue. She just, I, I don't know why I talk. I just, I can't, I can't, I can't stop talking. I just can't stop talking. Uh, well, I won't go into that. We just gave her a little medication. It was helpful, but we won't go into it. <clears throat> so uh, James chapter 1, verse 19. My brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen and slow to speak. It also says slow to anger. Quick to listen and slow to speak. You've got to believe that because you've got to be listening if you're going to ever hear from God. Also, may, counsel with a few trusted friends that you really, really trust. Number three, be ready. Be ready. Titus chapter 3, verse 1 says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good. You've got to be on your mark. The Holy Spirit is obvious and he's clear when it's time to act in your life. But he doesn't often move in your convenience. So when it's convenient for you, it's now, Lord, that I've, now I've been in life a little while and everything's taken care of and I've got a little money, maybe I can go to the mission field or something, whatever. I'm doing. He, he's, it's not always convenient for us. We have to be ready. We have to be willing to follow in confidence. In other words, follow in trust and follow in faith and follow in conviction. Faith. Obedience empowers readiness. Remember that. Obedience empowers readiness. And readiness provides strength and peace in the decision that the Holy Spirit is leading you in. The fourth and last one is be patient. How many here have been given the gift of patience? One, two, three, four. Well, note the people who have patience. You can talk with them more and give them, tell them all your stuff because you're going to be patient in everything you got. They also make good parents. Be patient. Hearing from the Holy Spirit requires us to be patient and also to be able to wait. Waiting isn't easy, but nonetheless, it's something we have to do. You can't rush the Holy Spirit. How many have really, really been hungry? You're at a restaurant and you wish they would bring that food really, really quick. They gave you a little bit of bread and some water, but you want that meal. And the bread isn't even that good. That's right, yes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Bread is nice, but give me the meal. I'm, I'm ready. Excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. Honey, would you get her? <laughs> Say no way. Would you, would you get her attention? Would you get her attention? We haven't had a meal here in a little bit. You know, I'm waiting for my meal. The Holy Spirit can't be rushed. You have to walk through the thing because that's how God meets you and, and, and blesses you. The Holy Spirit knows your story from beginning to end. I'm going to tell you another quick story. This is over 10, right, correct? Is this over 10 o'clock? 
how many have ever heard the name Mickey Mingo? I think Guy did. He's not here. Mickey Mingo was a prophet. Quick story. My wife and I are just married. She's pregnant with our first son. We're in Baltimore, Gospel Assembly. I was like a blind dog in a meat house, man. I was smelling everything that was minister. I wanted to be in the ministry so bad. And Mickey Mingo came in. He was a wild man prophet. He would sling slobber, jump over pews. He would scream and yell. He would swing from things. I never saw anything. It's like a circus act. I never saw anything like it in my life. But I liked it. <laughs> it was just exciting. And he came over to me. And I was like, uh, you ever see, how many have ever seen The Wizard of Oz? How many remember when the scarecrow fell off of the stick? He, was, he fell to the ground. He could barely stand up and he'd drop again. And he That was me when he called me up from the first, uh, from the first I was in the aisle and he goes, you, come here! Whoa! And I fell down, got back up and fell down again. I mean, it was really scary. I thought, I've never, I was a Roman Catholic, you know, I just came from Roman Catholicism. I didn't see a lot of this. And, and he said, Look, he looked at me, he had one of those crazy eyes, his John the Baptist eyes. He said, Your feet will touch the sands of many nations, and where your feet touch, revival will start. He said, you're the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets in which you dwell. God will use you in ways to connect people and counsel people and bring them into life and something else. I can't right have to look back at all of that. Well, I knew it was going to happen the next day. I just knew it was going to happen the next day. I was ready. I was all prepared. I said, honey, you got a pregnant kid. It doesn't make any difference. Let's just pack up the car. Whatever you got to do, come on, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And, uh, uh, and that man... Olga Bronson, the pastor of that church, she's a female, older, older lady from, from uh, Ukraine or something. She had a pocket, also had a whole lot more hair than that, had a pocket, and she lifted my pocket out and pretended she put something in it and went like that. And she backed away, and, I, uh, and she said, that word, tuck it away, is not for years and years and years and years from now. Now, do you know how discouraged I was? I said, I thought, well, you know, she obviously is wrong. She obviously didn't hear God, and uh, if not tomorrow, later this week. Well, that's exactly what happened. It was years and years and years from then. That began to happen. I began to experience that, and the counseling practice that we started just exploded that prophecy in the likes of which I have never, it just blew my mind. It doesn't always happen immediately. Colossians chapter 3, verse 12 says, Therefore, as God's chosen holy people and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So, here's what you need to know. So God does speak to you, and he will speak to you this week. He speaks to you. My sheep hear my voice, or they listen to my voice, John 10. You will hear. If you want to hear from God, you will hear from Him this week. Watch out what He says. It's going to be exciting. It it may be a little shocking in a good, good way, but you're going to hear from God. So, God does speak to you. You can hear from God. There is a divine purpose on your life. And yes, the enemy is going to try to mess those three things up in your life. It's what He does. So, how many are willing and ready? to hear from God.